if I, look, as a safety person, safety director, if I tell a guy to do something illegally on safety, tell him not to tie off, not to worry about getting in that trench without having any type of uh, uh, shoring put in, and he gets killed, I'm going to prison. And then, you know, over the years of doing this, uh, I have seen everything where the insurance company says, well, take the safety out and I'll give you, you know, X amount for the roof. Well, you negotiated safety out of there. Somebody gets hurt on it. Guess who they're coming after? You said safety wasn't required. Welcome, everybody, to the Claims Game Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Perry, the commercial claims advocate and great episode today. OSHA. We're going to talk about OSHA. For those of you who don't know what OSHA is and are always confused because you always hear this OSHA and OSHA requirements and make sure you put OSHA in your estimate and all that stuff. We are sitting with the expert, the professional, the person in the industry that knows most about OSHA and everything that's required. His name is Kevin Dandridge. Kevin Dandridge is the owner of One Life of One Life Safety. And basically that's what his role is. His role is to basically put reports together, go out and inspect and make sure that all of the OSHA requirements are there to make sure that the home, the building or whatever it is, is put back to the way it's supposed to be. And he's kind of on our side. He sees that the insurance companies are not including these things that need to be included. And like him, we are always concerned that once that settlement is made and that payment is made, we don't want any extra fees coming because of OSHA requirements and safety precautions that people need to take in order to build back this building. He makes sure that we get it right up front, right, right, right off the bat. So uh, you're going to learn a lot about OSHA. You're going to learn what it actually means. Uh, he's OSHA certified. He's got courses that he provides on OSHA so they can help you include it in your estimates. You could call him anytime, which is what he really stressed throughout the podcast episode. That feel free to call him if you have any questions. He speaks all over the country and the guy just knows everything there is to know about OSHA and about the safety requirements needed when putting back a building and repairing a building of, of whatever it is, whether it's a home or a building. But great information wealth of information. If you ever want to know about OSHA, this is the episode for you to listen to so that you could get up to date on everything there is to know about the wonderful world of OSHA. Enjoy. Let's get right to it. Three, two, one, all wrap. Welcome to the Claims Game Podcast with Vince Perry. Get all the tips you need from insurance claim advocates and professionals and grow your public adjusting career to the next level. And now the commercial claims advocate, Vince Perry. Okay, okay, okay. We are here back again. It's been a while, Kevin. You don't know, but we haven't had a podcast in a couple of weeks or probably like three to four weeks. So uh, I hope you are excited to be the first guest in several weeks of No Claims Game podcast. And today I have with me Kevin Dandridge. I hope I didn't butcher that, but Kevin, uh, I'm excited to have you on the show. Kevin is the owner of One Life Safety. Thank you for coming on, man. Oh, thank you. No, I'm, I'm excited about being here. I really am. I'm uh, looking forward to getting the information out there and seeing what we can do to help. Additional living expenses is one of the most difficult parts of an insurance claim. And the reason is, is it's very high pressure. And as a public adjuster or contractor, you're already dealing with the negotiating of the build-back process. You don't want to have to deal with ALE as well. Black Diamond Housing Services does all of that. They don't even charge the client. They bill it directly to the insurance company. It's all covered under the ALE coverage. So you need to call Black Diamond if you have a house that has been severely lost, whether it's like severe mold, severe water, fire, anything like that, where they need a place to stay, 
Call Black Diamond Housing Services and they'll be able to take care of your client from beginning to end. I had been looking for an accountant for years and I was unable to find anybody that I liked, that I worked with and was able to do what I needed to be done to my taxes and to my accountant. Jeremy David at Noble Wealth has been a godsend to me, my family and my company. We have saved so much money in taxes I can't even begin to describe and he knows what he's doing. You need to call Jeremy at Noble Wealth and get yourself the right accountant because he's the man who's going to help you save on taxes because ultimately you don't want to be making money, especially if you're self-employed and having it all go to the IRS. Call Jeremy, call Noble Wealth, and they will help you tremendously with the entire accounting process and your tax situation from A to Z. I think it's interesting. I think I think the information you're going to be giving is interesting. I always like to get right to the point in these podcasts and I want to tell people exactly what you do so that they can decide whether they want to keep listening or they just want to tune out and not listen. Kevin is the owner of One Life Safety. And again, I'm going to allow you to elaborate, but Kevin is like an expert and badass when it comes to OSHA, when it comes to safety, when it comes to making sure people aren't killing themselves when they're doing repairs and they're doing uh, and they're doing any kind of construction. And frankly, the reason why I've got Kevin on the show today is because, well, let's face it, right? There's a lot of things that are missing in the insurance company estimates and in our estimates that are OSHA safety required in order to do the kinds of repairs uh, that that they're going to be doing for these claims that we're probably missing out on thousands upon hundreds of thousands of dollars. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong at all. There's, you know, it, it is, it's not just about the money, but it is, there is the money cost of it there. It is making sure that you are covering yourself. You're covering your employees, that you're covering the workers that are on site. And the big thing is you're covering your client. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, because the last thing that we ever want, as public adjusters or anybody negotiating the insurance claim is to settle a claim, especially in exchange for a release. And then the uh, insured or the contractor starts doing the repairs and then they end up having to spend more and more and more. And all these little things come up. OSHA and safety could be one of those things where we settle a claim for, I don't know, let's say a hundred thousand dollars. And all of a sudden contractor comes in and says, well, I'm charging you X amount of dollars now just because I need to make sure that everybody's safe and nobody's getting hurt on the job site. Right. Correct. And that is, you know, that that's a reality. You, you have, the sad part of it is, is if you put a a, uh, a number together, let's say that hundred thousand, and then you they go out and do this, OSHA shows up, says no, you haven't you haven't put portageons on, you haven't put fall protection in, you haven't done this, you know, you don't have any of this stuff. The contractor, yeah, it gets fined, but on top of that, now they're like, okay, no, I got to do this, 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 and this, and this, and add all this onto the job, and that's a cost that they're going to be looking for to get paid for because you know everybody's in business to make money not throw it out the window um the other part of it the, the scary part about it is if somebody gets hurt you know uh let's take roofing for example you know um somebody falls off a roof in today's litigious society you can end up with people getting sued to uh not just the subcontractor but the gc uh, the public justice put his name on it who didn't put safety in the claim, the property owner, which is in turn goes back to the insurance company. And that's how one way I, when I talk to insurance companies, I let them know, I'm just trying to protect you because if we get sued by an injury or you get sued by an injury, that's just another claim you're going to have to pay. Right. 
So we know what you're here for, which is going, we're going to be talking about safety. We're going to talk about OSHA. Could you explain exactly, Kevin, mm -hmm. what you do as the owner of One Life Safety? Could you explain to the audience exactly what it is that you do? So what I do, uh, I, I, multiple hats. I, the big thing I work with, uh, I work with contractors. I work with public adjusters. I work with law firms, appraisers, um, and I'm open to working even with the insurance companies that they ask me to come out. I write uh, protocols and safety reviews, two different things. A protocol, I come out, I walk the site, um, no matter where it's at in the country. You know, I, I fly all over the country. I go anywhere that I'm needed. Um, I walk the site. I review it for all the safety, for what work is actually going to be done on the job. Um, I don't, you know, when we say OSHA, OSHA is a federal agency that, you know, looks over the American worker. I take it to the next step. I also look at the client. I look, you know, a lot of what we do or, or a lot of what my, a lot of my clients are involved in is they're doing stuff while somebody's living in a home or a business is still being operated, a manufacturing plant, a, a strip center, a, you know, any of that. So I also have to look at uh, clients for that person that's going to be coming in, the kids that are going to be coming in the house, the, the parents, the, um, the workers inside of a, a manufacturing plant. Um, so we don't have business interruption. I look at all of that. I look at the full surrounding parking lots. You know, how are we going to be moving equipment? And, and I write up a full safety protocol um, on how everything's going to need to be looked at, what's going to need be needed to be added to that job. Um, and I give an estimate of costs. I give a cost that if you were to hire me to come out and do the safety, that's what it would cost. You can always break those costs down for the contractor to do. Um, and then I also do what I call a safety review. Um, that is where I just look at information that's been sent to me, documents, um, pictures, and I basically review everything and say, you need to add this, 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 and this. You need to look at it this way. Um, for my contractors, I write safety programs, uh, you know, for their whole, you know, I have a lot of small uh, contractors that come to me that, you know, they can't afford a safety guy full time. So uh, they don't have a safety program. They've been hit by OSHA. They haven't been hit by OSHA. They're trying to step their game up and go from, I always hear this, I'm not, I, they're going from residential into commercial or getting their game up. And to get into that game, you've got to have safety. You've got to have you know, uh, a full safety manual and, and um, all that documentation, because it's going to be required. You know, when you get into, so, real, go ahead. Is, is that, so that is required Do contractors, like big time contractors, do they, do they need to, I mean, it makes sense. I'm not a contractor, never been a contractor. They have to have safety protocols and all kinds of stuff in place to make sure that their workers aren't falling off roofs. I guess so. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. All, uh, the, the plain and simple is the 1926 standard for uh, OSHA is construction. It's not residential construction. It's not commercial. It's not industrial. It's construction. In general. In general. So everybody has to follow the law of OSHA because OSHA is a law. You know, you, if I, look, as a safety person, safety director, if I tell a guy to do something illegally on safety, tell him not to tie off, not to worry about getting in that trench without having any type of uh, uh, shoring put in and he gets killed, I'm going to prison. That's, that's murder. So wow. you know, if, the, if the protocols aren't in place for them to make to, to for them to ensure their safety throughout the job site, 
it is your negligence for them getting injured or dying or whatever it is that happens. Exactly. And that goes, that also goes to the owners of the contracting companies. You know, uh, the sad part of it is, is that we have states out there that don't even require you to have a contractor's license as a contractor. So, you know, you have a, a guy goes out and, you know, he's a, he's a small time roofer. He's got five guys, works out of the back of a pickup and throws guys on the roof without fall protection, without all that guy gets hurt. He disappears. He's gone. He's not held liable to anything because he's gone. So, you know, that's that it, it's, it's a scary world out there when it comes to the safety side of it. And I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not a safety Nazi. You know, a lot of guys that have been in the business and construction, they like to play that game, you know, like to say, oh, the safety. I'm, I come from the field. <laughs> you know, I've been doing construction all my life. Um, I got into the safety side of it uh, while I was building. Um, I got asked to become a, the, the safety card holder, the OSHA 500 guy, the trainer, um, while I was still building. And, you know, it, what I've seen out in the field is is scary. And, you know, it's not saying it's stuff that I haven't done back in the day. Uh, yeah, I've gotten lucky. I still have all my fingers. See, oh, well, screen screen's not showing it, but I have all my fingers. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've never been majorly injured on a job, but I have seen it. I've investigated it. I've, you know, I've seen the fatalities. I've, I've seen all of it. And it's not a it's not a fun world. And I big thing I always say, and you'll always hear this in my, in my, when I speak is, is I'm just here to make sure everybody goes home the same way they came to work. Um, I, everybody, I want everybody to go home with their, their fingers and toes, you know, that's, that's the biggest part about it by doing what I do for now is trying to help everybody that's involved in a claim, in a construction process, getting everything they need to do that job safely. You know, it's safe. Safety is so. I use this. Nobody on a job site turns a circular saw and says, "Hey, I'm going to put my finger in." Oh, wait, the safety guy's here. You know, not to put your finger in there. So we know that we're supposed to wear fall protection. We know we're supposed to, you know, work off a ladder properly or, or you know, uh, work off a scissor lift. But there's training involved. You know, I, I've got a lot of clients that just have me come out and do training classes. Uh, just to show people how to wear fall protection, how to work a scissor lift, a boom lift, a, a, a sky tracker, a telehandler. Um, you know, th there's a there's a lot to it, and you know, you you, you got to just you know, all it takes is one big violation, and your business is gone. It takes one fatality, and you could be gone. I saw a video of a of a of a worker inside of a like where was this? It was like a, just a big plant, manufacturing plant or whatever, and man. I don't know what they were doing. It was like one of the security images. It looked like it was out of like Russia or Eastern Europe or something like that. And dude, this guy got sucked into the machine and oh, yeah. he just got spit out. It was gross. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know why. So, sorry. Talking to you makes me think of that. Thank you, Kevin. I really appreciate the mental image of that. That was like several years ago and it just came back. Yeah, I'm here for you. Um, <laughs> tell us more for people who are confused about OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Is OSHA just construction or is it like oh. all kinds of stuff? All right. Can you tell me more about OSHA? Because I feel like people are like, I feel like people always hear this word, but they don't really know what the hell it is. Okay. So OSHA governs safety uh, for the nation. There are, uh, it's a federal uh, mandate. It's, it's uh, federally run. There are right now, I believe, 22 states that are state run. Difference between state run and, and federal run is it covers state employees. Uh, 
You have, they have the state programs have to follow um, OSHA's guidelines to the T or make them better. I.e., if you're in California, you've heard of Cal OSHA, they take everything to a whole new level. Um, OSHA is not just construction. You have the 1926 standard, which is construction. You have the 1910 standard, that's general duty. That covers a lot of your warehouses, uh, your Walmarts, your TJ Maxx's, you know, whatever uh, restaurants. You have your uh, maritime at 1915-17, and there's others that covers everything working around and on bodies of water. And they all integrate. You have in the construction standard, you have a maritime section. Uh, 1910 is your basic general duty clause. That is the, that's your catch-all for all. If it doesn't cover it in anything else, it covers it there. You also have your agriculture. Never had a number for it. They call it agriculture. So it, it, it covers everything for the American worker. And I mean that in the fact that there are gray areas that we have to fall into. Um, owner and owner of a company doesn't have to follow, uh, isn't governed by the OSHA rules on their, on a job site, but everybody else that works for them are, um, which I agree is wrong. You got to lead from the top. If the guy, if the owner shows up in flip flops and shorts, why wouldn't his workers expect that's okay to go onto a job site when it's but it's required that you wear boots and jeans and, or pants anyways, and then sleeve shirts. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, and, and does every contractor, do they have like these things like posted in their office and making sure that they have to always have like certain things and, and regulations and, and, and every worker has to be completely aware of all these things and everything that happens and they have to, does, is there like an OSHA police that comes to make sure that, that they're doing everything that they're supposed to be doing? Yes. Yes, there are. Uh, so it's, they're not police, but they are, uh, uh, OSHA inspectors that come out and inspect and make sure that everything is being followed. Um, it's, you know, in, in some states, it's a welcome thing. Minnesota, the Twin Cities, every big job calls OSHA and says, hey, we're starting the, the trenching. Why don't you come out and watch? Hey, we're starting steel. And they come out and they watch and they make suggestions and they work together hand in hand. You go to other states that I won't name that it is literally like, oh, crap, OSHA's on site. And it's, it's everybody disappears. Right. You know, and, and work doesn't get done because each because every day that OSHA can't see what's going on, they keep coming back. Um, so, you know, I, I hate the feeling that people feel that way. Uh, yes, when you talk about the, the posters. So there are guidelines and rules that you have to follow on that. And if you have an office building, you have to have your state um, requirements, you know, minimum wage, OSHA, all this stuff, uh, whistleblower act. And then if you have an office on the job site, say a job site trailer, you got to have that there. Now, if you're doing a roof, no, you don't have to have that posted out there. You know, it's because you don't have an actual office. You got to have an office. Um, but you also have to post uh, in your office or in your job site trailer, your OSHA 300 log. Um, your OSHA 300 log is, is uh, injuries for the, you know, for the current year um, that have happened on any job site that your company is. So if you're, um, let's say you're a big GC and uh, out there, I'm not going to name names because I don't know how this goes, but uh, you're a big GC, you've got jobs all over the country, all over the world. And as injuries happen, you have to fill that log out of, you know, who got hurt, what date, where was it, what was the injury? And that can conclude include uh, somebody being shot, um, you know, 
you know, a Circle K or a 7-Eleven convenience store, you know, a clerk gets shot, got to post it. Um, you know, the only thing that you can do is not put names on it for certain items, uh, you know, being stuck by a needle, you know, uh, you don't want people to overthink that. And then there's other things that I don't really want to get on, but there are certain things that you, you can hide the name goes on the OSHA 300 a, um, that only like the owner sees so, or HR, but yeah, those, those things have to be posted. And yes, there are inspectors that come out and they can inspect anytime they want, as long as it's prudent, um, as long as it's an active time. So you can be doing night work on the night shift and OSHA can walk the job, but OSHA can't oh. show up after you've closed the job site and say, you need to come out here and I want to walk this at 10 o'clock at night. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. Let's switch gears here. Okay. Insurance claims. Obviously I met you because I think it was Cal's first conference that he did. Uh, and you spoke and I was like, kind of, I was, I was fascinated by what you were talking about. I'm like, shit, man. All right. This makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you see here with insurance claims and, and how, how have you been able to sort of insert yourself into this, into this niche of, of the public adjusters and the attorneys and, and basically I'm going to assume taking a look at insurance company estimates and noticing that there's like no OSHA requirements in there and they probably should be included. So tell me what you think the state of like insurance claims is in regards to what you do and what you specialize in. So, you know, here's the thing when it, I got involved in this, uh, I got asked to be, um, an expert witness on a job for safety, adding safety to a claim. Um, the the biggest part about it was is, is there was no safety. It was over a waterway. It was a uh, a dock collapse, and they were concerned about you know they were going to be working from the water onto the ground and and um, so I got asked to do that and and that really kind of opened a door up. You know, prior to that, I had done one uh, for uh, an airport um, in Texas, a small airport, but a massive hail damage. And it was by a public adjuster. The big problem that we ran into that is one, it's an active airway. You know, you've got to work with the tower. You got FAA rules. You've got, um, you know, we had hangars with multi, you know, four or five multi-million dollar jets on them. And, you know, we have to move everything out to replace all the skin on the building and the, and the uh, insulation. And on that claim, we ended up adding over a million dollars in safety uh, just because of the daily activities that we were going to have to do of moving planes and moving, the, uh, you know, and, and working with the, you know, the, the, the tower saying, OK, oh, the plane's coming down, shut everything down, tie everything down. Now the plane can come and get put away and now we can fire back up and they ended up the insurance company ended up saying hey, it's just cheaper for us to put a whole nother hanger in so you can just move planes into it and you can work on this building and put them back and go work on this building i mean it was i mean that was that was high level i mean that was you know that doesn't happen every claim but that was a big eye opener that right you know how much safety's just not being put in and then you know over the years of doing this uh I have seen everything where the insurance company says, well, take the safety out and I'll give you, you know, X amount for the roof. Well, you negotiated safety out of there. Somebody gets hurt on it. Guess who they're coming after? You said safety wasn't required. Um, 
it was Chip Marone that said in his last, in our last conference we had in Chicago, that you, you're saying to take you know, safety is not required. Okay, so you're just openly saying break the law in the courtroom. We're we're just going to break the law because that's a law. You know, anytime you can be ticketed, fined, or put in prison, that's a law. Right. So you know, there's there's a lot of that going on, and and then you know the argument. You know, well, it's 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 part of um, O and P. But you don't pay ONP. You just told me you don't pay ONP. So why is it part of ONP? Oh, it's the contractor's uh, due diligence to do that. Yeah, it is. And it costs. We had a professional come out and say, this is going to do all of it. We have to do all of this to do this job. And this is what it's going to cost. And that's an added cost. You, you pay for trash bags to be thrown in the trash. Well, you got to pay for all this too. So it, it, there's, they're always coming up with a new argument. If you, you've been in the business long enough, you, there's always an argument for anything, brick, mortar, you know, whatever. Well, they have their arguments on this and we argue that back. No, it's always inside of the line item already. Oh, it's in, it's in the ONP or it's already in the, uh, in the, in the supervision or it's already in the, yeah, they're, they're trying to always say that it's already in there, but I mean, the cost that it costs for this, I was going to bring you on a claim not too long ago. The client ended up not wanting to do it. I don't know why, but I mean, I think we were looking at the claim and it was a, it was a, what was that? That was a, I think it was about a 12 unit apartment building and you know, it was a three story. So, you know, there was going to be all kinds of boom lifts and stuff like that that were going to be required and all kinds of safety issues. And I was trying to tell the client, I'm like, you guys are, are missing out here because there's going to be a lot of requirements. We settled the claim. I don't know. I, I don't know what ended up happening, but I thought that would have been a good one to bring you in on. Are there any particular claims that you feel would be more beneficial for your services or can a public adjuster call you on a normal residential claim or, or what is it? What is it like? What would it be for a, a public adjuster or even an attorney to hire you uh, to bring you in on a claim. So, you, you know, the thing is, is, is we got to look at the cost effectiveness, but the thing, but I want to emphasize, right. I'm always here. What I mean by that, I have a lot of clients that just call me and go, Hey man, I'm not putting you on this claim, but I need, I need some advice. Okay. I'm not getting awesome. on every claim they, you know, people don't put me on every claim. I'm, you know, I do, without sounding wrong, I'm, I'm not the cheapest person out there, but I, I do what I do. And you pay for that knowledge and, and, and a lot of, you know, you, you get all the people that say, oh, you charge too much. And then I get others that go, dude, you don't charge enough. <laughs> so, you know, um, I, 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 I've stayed in the middle. Um, residential, a full protocol, it's not needed. Um, do a review. You know, it's it's $1,000. I review everything. I document it up. Matter of fact, I've got a deposition this month over a review, um, which will be easy. Um I say easy because it's not a full protocol. It's just a review. But, you know, when you're getting into, I, I have done safety protocols on nothing but flooring, but it's a $2 million flooring job. of, And it's got uh, uh, silica in it because it's all pretty much quartz and crystal. Um, it's natural stone, you know. So I, I've done safety protocols for just that because like silica now is, is that's the new asbestos. That's the new, you know, did you do in the flooring company or did you work in the brick company 30 years ago and now you can't breathe? Uh, you know, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. That's the new one. And be honest with you, they're now finding there's documentation. I'm waiting for the final uh, read to come out, but OSHA's getting involved in looking at drywall dust as silica because there's silica, there's crystalline in drywall mud. And they're looking at that. And when you sand it, 
Now, if that's the case, that's going to take the claims game to a whole new level because how much interior drywall work you get done and people can just wear a little N95 and it's not wet work. They sand it and they mess with it and blah, 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 cut it. Well, once that hits that silica issue, you're treating it like asbestos. You're treating it like clean room. You got to barricade everything off and put negative air in and Tyvek suits. And think about that 10 by 10 bedroom that got a roof leak into it. And, and they had to rip out, you know, three quarters of the drywall in here to, to do it. Oh, that was, you know, that was no big deal. We just knocked it out. Not anymore. That's going to take wow. that to a whole new level. Tell me more about the silica. What is the effects of that? What's going on? I haven't really heard about that. So silica is, is it's, let me step back to the asbestos. Asbestos we all know about, but asbestos gets yeah. in your lungs. It stays in your lungs. It's got little barbs. It sticks in your lungs. And your, then your body's white T cells go and fight it, and it causes scarring inside your lung, which shortens your lung capacity, which shortens your breathing, you know, COPD. Silica is the same thing. just doesn't have the barbs. It's sand. It gets in there. It goes to the bottom of your lungs, and all the little white T cells go in there, and they fight it, and it causes uh, scarring on the inside of your lung, which – depletes your capacity to breathe. It's a, it's a long-term effect. Uh, it's, it's a long-term killer. You know, it's not acid that gets on your skin and, and eats your hand off. It's, this takes forever and it's a long-term effect. So silica already is hit with in OSHA, you know, when you get around your bricks, your concrete cutting, uh, that kind of stuff. So we have to take all those precautions for that wet HEPAVAX, uh, you know, wet methods for cutting or, or, or drilling um now it's finding that they have levels of silica in like i said the drywall so now we're going to have that one so what the hell are we going to not use drywall anymore that's like impossible what, what would be the oh next no 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 it, it, it's not it's not going to be as like asbestos where you're oh, not okay. going to use drywall because to be honest with you, the the <laughs> the <laughs> the process the net you know the, the only process is really for drywall is plaster which we all know is horrible um, that's, that's concrete for the most part. Um, and then there's drywall, drywall's uh, a smaller, easier to use unit, but now you like, again, you, I I've got a drywall company is one of my clients and one of their clients, a big contractor company, a national company is now requiring that they were use HEPAVAX and they were full face shields when they're sanding and they close off the area while they're doing it. Well, okay. That sounds fine for a 10 by 10 room an office. But go do a massive warehouse project that has drywall in the uh, for the uh, uh, roof access ladder, you know, the barrel, and there's no walls or nothing. The drywall is all on the ceiling for the fireproof line. But now he's got to close off, you know, a 50 foot ceiling all the way down and make a, you know, an enclosure to go in there and sand for 20 minutes. It's going to take him longer to prep it than it is for him to sand it. So, yeah, it's it's. You know, it becomes a headache. So we try to figure out the best methods to do it. When I got started in in OSHA, uh, the I book feel like this is something we should start including in our estimates now. Absolutely, might as well start. Might as well get the jump on it and get the insurance companies used to seeing it. You know, when I first started this, they were losing their mind because they didn't know what they'd seen. They didn't know anything about OSHA. Funny story on that. Um, we can go back to, but. Now they're getting used to seeing it. Now they're figuring out how to try to combat it and they're losing that combating. I've even seen some companies that are hiring people to rebut me to, to come back and say, well, no, 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 this costs too much. That costs too much. You, 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 you added a, a, you know, for safety glasses, it's, you put $12 a unit and they're only a $1.50 unit. And I'm like, 
well, when I did my estimate two years ago, they were twelve fifty a unit. Right. Um, and pull up Home Depot, and that's where they're at. And they're like, well, yeah, but you can buy them at HD Supply if you buy a thousand glasses. And I'm like, what roofing company has the money to go spend a thousand dollars on safety glasses? Right. How many right. how many cases of glasses that is? Right. So, right. you know, the, the the fun part about it on the insurance company is. And I like to tell them the story there, you know, and they ask, well, why do you think this is, and why do you think you have the right to say that? And I'm like, cause of you, you're, you're, you're the reason I have this job. You're the reason, you know, you, you give business insurance to businesses, contractors that make them get workman's comp and they got to keep an EMOD that's an experience rating uh, at a certain level to keep their insurance costs down and big contractors. That's what they ask for is your EMOD to even get put on the job site or considered for bidding. You require all this stuff. You even give them a little manual. Hey, follow these safety things. You know, you got to hire a safety guy. Well, I got hired because of an EPA and a, and a OSHA violation for a company that happened to have a company that was a mitigation company. And I got hired on by the requirements of the settlement, multi-million dollar settlement uh, for, for uh, fines. And now you're telling me you're not going to cover safety, but you're the reason the same company that brought me on, that made me get this job to tell you you're paying for this. That's it. Interesting. Interesting. Have you, have you, would you say that you're leaning more towards insurance claims? Are you working a lot of insurance claims lately over the last several years, or are you still more just on the contractor side? And, no, I get, and just, I'm, I'm on the claims. I get, I'm, I would say 80% of my business is claimed. Gotcha. Gotcha. Are you getting called in by the contractors, public adjusters and attorneys, a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything, appraisers, umpires. I've had umpires call me and say, Hey, I got safety on both of these. You want, you know, I'm like, okay, I can review them for you. And they're like, nope, I want you to go up there and tell me what it's going to take to do this job. Okay. I think that's the easiest way to do it. I mean, like, I'm not just, you are just not going to just take a claim. I mean, yeah, I believe that the best thing for you is to go out there, take a look at the site and come up with the entire protocol. That's the way to go. Yeah. That nine times out of 10, to be honest with you, I don't look, unless I'm doing just a review, I don't look at your, your ESX from Xactimate. I don't look at um, your. Uh, what do you look at? Photos? What I look at is I, I I have a sheet. When I when I do a claim, I send out a obviously a, a contract and I send a sheet out. Give me an address. Give me what work needs to be done: roofing, siding, rain gutters, interior drywall, you know, AC units, blah blah blah. Tell me what work you're getting, you're putting in your information, and then I go out and walk the job and say, okay, to put you know, the roof on this, I'm, we're going to have to do this and I got to use a crane. Oh, we're going to have, I've literally had jobs where I'm like, you're not getting those AC units off of here now because they were, they were put up before they put all this landscaping and all this concrete and all this stuff in. And, you know, I talked to the <laughs> the janitor and I'm like, how long have you been here? He's like, oh, I've been here since we started the building. Okay. How'd you get that big unit in the center? Oh, we brought in the helicopter. <laughs> That's what I figured. <laughs> And so I put in a helicopter to remove the unit so we can replace the roof and fly it back in. So I've put tower cranes in. I've, you know, the building that's behind me in this picture is a, is a job we did. And really? we put a tower crane on this one to, to do the roof and the window yeah. and other things. Wow. That's awesome. I've got a claim for you. Cool. <laughs> for sure. It's a claim oh. in Orlando. 
I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to need you on that one. Cause it's going to be a complicated one anyway. So I think that's the way to go. Well, let um, me know, I, I might, I may be actually, I've got a client that wants me out in Florida, hopefully next week. Where Have you I'm come be, out to Florida? Have you worked the storm yet? I have not. This will be my first set, but I'm usually four or five months after a storm when yeah. everybody starts getting the big claims and they start bringing me out, but I'm going to be, I've got to go to Daytona, Kissimmee, Yep. Fort Myers. Yep. That's so. that's where my that's where my claim is at in that area. When are you going to be Perfect. here? Hopefully next week. The contract gets signed. Okay. Okay. Um, what's your experience like, Kevin? I haven't even asked you about your experience. What makes you experienced to do this? Like, what is what is your background? I obviously in construction, but tell me just real quick. I guess a little bit about so how not how you ended up here, but what is your experience in being able to to do this? So I started out as a framer. You know, eighteen, nineteen years old. And uh, got to ended up getting into some GCs, worked my way up to vice president of operations in the home building. At that time is when I picked up my safety. Um, I have done construction and or safety uh, in everything from residential, commercial, industrial, chemical plants, ship dismantling in New Orleans. I worked wow. Intel. I, I have done, I'm not going to say I've done and seen it all because I have not. You never do. I've just had my hands in the, in the Kool-Aid a long, long time. So what makes me who I am, and this is what I get told by people, because I, I, I'm horrible about boasting on myself, but people tell me, they're like, look, not only do you have the safety background, you have the construction background. So I know how to walk out and go, I know how they're going to put this together. So this is how the safety is going to go to go to coincide with it, where you have safety guys out there that go and get their degree in safety and they've never built anything. They don't even know how to read a plan. And, and I'm not bagging on them. They just don't have the experience on how to look at, especially for in the claims industry, because a lot of it's damage. You know, new construction is a completely different animal. I have literally, I had a school in Mississippi that caught fire and I, I put three different versions. If you want, you, you want to do it this way, you do safety this way. You want to do it this way, you do safety this way. My biggest thing knock the damn thing down and start over. It's the safest way to do it. It's the easiest way to do it. There's so much damn damage to half the building anyways, and the building's from the 60s. Knock it over and start over. Now, I actually why is it that in, wait, I, I don't know why this makes me think of this, but why is it in Europe, you have buildings that have been up for hundreds of years, and here a building that's been built in the 60s needs to be knocked down and rebuilt? Quality. Why are we Love building of architecture. With such- quality yes i don't know why it just made me think about that quality is always i would say quality is the biggest part of it it's it's the material that was put together i love i go to italy all I, you know i love italy uh, my wife my, honeymoon there so uh, my staff is all over the world i have staff in serbia and in africa and in in vietnam and europe and and they're just like they don't understand all the hurricane damage. <laughs> it's just like, what is the crap that you guys are building your building with that it causes all of this destruction? We're so used to, you know, I think that I think the biggest thing with America versus uh, Europe, um, one, you know, they, they just built everything and it lasted forever and you, people reutilized it where we like new, we're shiny. Yeah. We, you know, look at that building. That's 30 years old. Get rid of it. Put it Get on. rid of it. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's a shame. I've seen, you know, I'm from Phoenix. Okay. I live in Phoenix. I'm, I'm from Chandler, a small town here. And 
I was, you know, I was born when this was still a small town. It was, you know, Phoenix was still considered a small town and we had our little small towns everywhere. And, and I have watched this city explode and I have watched, unfortunately, beautiful old down. downtowns disappear. Yeah. Just to put in glass skyscrapers or glass 10 story buildings and yep. not because that's not a skyscraper, but, you know, glass 10 story buildings and modern stuff. And my wife and I were just laughing about it. We were driving around this weekend and I, she goes, yeah, she goes, what do you think that building was built? And I'm like, Oh, seventies, eighties. Cause it looks like a seventies, eighties piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But, stadiums too. Stadiums is another thing. Old stadiums. They just tear them down. They just build them new. It's like, I did it. Yeah. I guess it's probably just a, a personality thing. It's the way, it's the way we're built, I guess. Oh, hell, I, I'm looking forward to the new baseball stadium for the Texas Rangers. Cause when I go to that, that'll be the third stadium in my life. I've been at for the Texas Rangers. So. <laughs> that, that explains it right there. And I'm not that yeah. old. That's the sad part. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, tell us uh, how people can get in touch with you. First of all, before I actually go there, Tell us these services. Yeah, you mentioned protocols. You mentioned safety reviews, but I'm looking at your website. It's the number one lifesafety.com. And I'm looking at some of the uh, services that you have. But if you could just explain to the audience what, what services you actually provide besides just the protocol safety review, because I see some other stuff as well. So I, I, I do the protocols. I do the safety reviews. I do training. I do. I am actually now setting up right now an OSHA 30 class as we were setting up for this uh, on that'll be an online class. Um, I'm setting it up for the week after Christmas because a lot of people don't work that week after Christmas. Come get your OSHA 30 class. I'm even putting it on as a discount. Uh, Merry Christmas. Um, oh, Black Friday. Black Friday. Well, I'm actually just going to try to release it on Black Friday. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying, you know, I, I do the OSHA 10, I do the OSHA 30. I'm an I'm a, a authorized instructor for OSHA to do that. Um, I do uh, training for disaster workers for OSHA. Um, I do arc flash training. That's your high and low voltage. That's, you know, if you see the picture behind me, all the, the, the high wires there, you know, there, people don't understand um, what's required, you know, in arc flash. You know, I had a, a warehouse uh, in Dallas that, you know, during COVID got broken into big manufacturing warehouse plant and they stole a boatload of wire, um, heavy gauge wire. And um, when they went and turned on the building, it damn near burned the building down. It fried up all kinds of stuff. And it was having to go through and put all the arc flash protocol and everything in place just for them to do that work. Um, that was a huge, that was a huge claim, multi-million dollar electrical claim. And that, and it was just electrical. Um, I do, um, you know, CPR and, and, you know, I do all kinds of different trainings. I do forklift, scissor lift, boom lift trainings, um, teaching people how to, to, you know, get on forklifts and how to actually operate them and certify them on. Cause you're required by law to be certified every two years on those pieces of equipment. You know, I have public adjusters that, they go rent a boom lift to get on a three-story apartment complex instead of using a ladder because ladders are one of the most dangerous things out there in the yeah. world. And But yet they've never been certified to use it. Well, I've been doing it 20 years. Well, you're lucky you ain't dead yet. Right. You know, they're not even certified. And all that takes, honestly, is OSHA driving down the road, pulling and saying, no, oh, there's a boom lift, pulls in and goes, hey, let me see your certification. Well, I'm not certified. What do you mean you're not certified? Why are you on the boom? Well, we're just going up there to look at the roof for inspection. Okay, why don't you give me your ID and your company name, and I'm going to write you a fine. How much is the fine? So 
the minute he said, I'm not certified, it's a willful violation. And that starts about 12 grand. Oh, that's a lot of money. Yep. That's a lot of money. And that's the thing is, is this is one thing I try to tell everybody on these on, you know, especially my contractors, OSHA shows up because they see you run across the roof without fall protection on and they stop. They write you up for you not having fall protection on as well as everybody on your crew. Then they start hitting you for your ladders, your barricades, your signage, your water, your, uh, right, your tools. Right. Your, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, you're looking at $100,000 of fines going, all I wanted to do was put a roof on and make 10 grand today. Right. And they just hit you with everything else. Oh, yeah. And then, trust me, I get a lot of, I, honestly, that's how most of my contractors end up coming to me is because, hey, I got an OSHA violation. Can you? Ah, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yep. And I go defend them. I got a company out of a fatality two years ago. Wow. So you have classes, you have training, job site walkthrough, safety plan consultation, safety scope consultation. Where can people get in touch with you, Kevin? They can reach me out on the website. They can call me, text me, uh, email me. Um, anyway, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm always available. Yeah. I work. Yeah. We're going to put all your contact information in the description below. Um, I mean, for those of you who have never met Kevin, Kevin's just, he's super nice guy. I met him a couple of times. I've had some conversations and you have been helpful in just the telephone conversations that I've had in regards to my claims. So I do want you to tell you, I, I do thank you for that. And I appreciate that. But anybody else, I think I speak, I think I can speak for Kevin where he'll be happy to help. If you just have some questions as to exactly what his services provide and exactly how he could possibly help you on one of your claims and stuff like that. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on man i really appreciate it oh no problem i i, I look forward to it i love doing what i can to help i uh, um i'll be speaking you talked about cal's conference i'll be back at cal's conference again this year in um in may uh, the uh the ppa so make sure you come and see us there there's a lot of great information being sent out uh not just on the safety but just on claims and everything else alone so thank you again yeah i'm always here whatever i can do to help out please come see us kevin you live in phoenix I live in Phoenix. Gotcha. But you Montana. travel all over. <laughs> but you travel all over. I do. I travel everywhere. Uh, I, in the last month, I've been to Chicago twice. I have been to Dallas. I have been to Omaha, Nebraska, and I will be probably in coming Florida. To Florida soon. <laughs> so, yeah. cool. All right. Well, I might see you there. I look forward. Thank to you. It. Thank you, Kevin. Um, that's it. That's all we got. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching and uh, reach out to Kevin in the description below. You can see all of his contact information and uh, reach out to him if you have any more questions in regards to OSHA or any kind of safety measures that you need to include in your insurance claims or just in general, any kind of questions. All right, Kevin, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it.